Right, and with this we're starting the meeting uh, devoted to sleep. Thank you again for coming here. Thank you for being with us today. <laughs> uh, right, uh, and for the introduction, uh, this is the first of four, and I'll, I'm repeating this for uh, the recording. Um, well, first of the four specifically directed meetings uh, concerning uh, neurological and neuropsychological techniques that can be used in daily life to better uh, the daily experience. Um, sleep is obviously a big part of our lives. It's actually a whole domain of our lives. It, uh, uh, no <laughs> it, it will come as no surprise to any of us that it majorly influences all of the aspects of our state, our memory, our cognition, our well-being, uh, and uh, the way we feel during the day uh, by multiple neural mechanisms that we're going to, uh, without doubt, touch today. Uh, to, for, for, for some introduction, I, I've, I've prepared this, this, little, uh, this little review of, of the sleep uh, in general. Uh, and I think the description of what's going on in the neural in the nervous system and how it looks uh, practically uh, is very well described here. And uh, yeah, if you come on this side, we can look at it. Uh, and uh, actually, if you don't mind, I I think I'd like to even read it out because uh, it's so great. <laughs> Any objections? No objections. Feel free to read it out. Okay, right. So, I, um, the first part is what you've said. Sleep is important. Okay, we know that. Um, but then, there's the funny stuff. And uh, firstly, uh, I'll mention the sleep stages. We, we know that uh, sleep is generally uh, divided. The types of sleep that we experience during the night is generally divided uh, into four stages. Uh, which happen in uh, normally four to five uh, cycles uh, during the night, uh, sometimes more, uh, depending on how long we're sleeping. Uh, the stage, these stages are primarily divided into REM and non-REM stages, uh, and and to continue uh, the recording after a small disruption. <laughs> right, uh, REM and non-REM sleep. Stage one, uh, non-REM sleep is the changeover from wakefulness to sleep. During this short period, lasting several minutes of relatively light sleep, your heartbeat, breathing and eye movements slow and your muscles relax with occasional twitches. Your brain waves begin to slow from their daytime wakefulness patterns. Stage two non-REM sleep is a period of light sleep before you enter deeper sleep. Your heartbeat and breathing slow and muscles relax even further. Your body temperature drops and eye movements stop. Brainwave activity slows but is marked by brief bursts of electrical activity. You spend more of your repeated sleep cycles in stage 2 sleep than in other sleep stages. Stage 3 non-REM sleep is the period of deep sleep that you need to feel refreshed in the morning. It occurs in longer periods during the first half of the night. 
your heartbeat and breathing uh, slow to their lowest levels during sleep. Your muscles are relaxed and it may be difficult to awaken you. Brain waves become even slower. REM sleep first occurs about 19 minutes after falling asleep. Your eyes move rapidly from side to side behind closed eyelids. Mixed frequency brainwave activity becomes closer to that seen in wakefulness. Your breathing becomes faster and irregular, and your heart rate and blood pressure increase to near waking levels. Most of your dreaming occurs during REM sleep, although some can also occur in non-REM sleep. Your arm and leg muscles become temporarily paralyzed, which prevents you from acting out your dreams. As you age, you sleep less of your time in REM, in REM sleep. Memory consolidation most likely requires both non-REM and REM sleep. Uh, all of the process of, of sleep, uh, all of this cycle is regulated uh, obviously by, uh, by the brain and the, uh, in the, in the individual uh, systems uh, in the brain and specific hormones that influence that uh, these processes and here are again uh, some of the or basically all of the most significant uh, brain systems and uh, elements of those systems that that are essential in that processing uh, again described very well surprisingly well for a small uh, well it, it is from yeah it is a uh, yeah, all this is just a great um, review. The hypothalamus, a peanut-sized structure deep inside uh, the brain, contains a group of nerve cells that act as control centers, affecting sleep and arousal. Within the hypothalamus is the suprachiasmatic nucleus, uh, SCN, clusters of thousands of cells that receive information about light exposure directly from eyes and control your behavioral rhythm. Some people with damage to the SCN sleep, sleep uh, erratically uh, throughout the day because they are not able to match their circadian rhythms with the light-dark cycle. Most blind people ma maintain some ability to sense light and are able to modify their sleep-wake cycle. Their brainstem at the base of the brain communicates with the hypothalamus to control the transitions before, uh, between wake and sleep. The brain stem includes structures called pons, medulla, and, and midbrain. The sleep-promoting cells with, within the hypothalamus and the brain stem produce a brain chemical called GABA, which acts to reduce the activity of arousal centers uh, in the hypothalamus and brain stem. Brain stem, especially the pons and medulla, also plays a special role in REM sleep. It sends signals to relax mus muscles and essential for body posture and limb movements so that we don't act out our dreams. So it is uh, uh, specifically the brainstem which, uh, which does it. Uh, cool. Uh, the thalamus acts as a relay for information from the senses to the cerebral cortex. The covering, well, we know what the cortex is. <laughs> uh, during most stages of sleep, the thalamus becomes quiet, letting you tune out uh, the external world. But during REM sleep, the thalamus is active, sending uh, the cortex images, sounds, and other sensations that fill our dreams. 
The pineal gland, located within the brain's two hemispheres, receives signals from the SCN and increases production of the hormone melatonin, which helps put you to sleep once the lights go down. People who have lost their sight and cannot coordinate their natural wake-sleep cycle using natural light can stabilize their sleep patterns by taking small amounts of melatonin at the same time each day. Scientists believe that peaks and valleys of melatonin over time are important for matching the body's circadian rhythm to the external cycle of light and darkness. The basal forebrain near the front and the bottom of the brain also promotes sleep and wakefulness, while part of the midbrain acts as an arousal system. Release of adenosine, a chemical byproduct of cellular energy consumption, from cells in the basal forebrain and probably other regions supports your sleep drive. Caffeine contracts sleepiness by blocking the actions of adenosine. The amygdala, an almond-shaped structure involved in processing emotions, becomes increasingly active during REM sleep. Uh, So the hypothalamus, especially SCN, the suprachiasmatic nucleus, the brainstem, uh, thalamus, uh, cerebral cortex, pineal gland, uh, basal forebrain and midbrain and amygdala uh, all play uh, very significant roles in, uh, in the process of the sleep and in, in individual uh, stages of the sleep and I'm sure that we're gonna uh, encounter some of them uh, during the further discussion. Um, the sleep Mechanisms is a chapter that I want to ask yeah, about yeah, sure. a question about like sleep stages. So, uh, one thing about REM sleep. So, what it says, mm. it's your whole uh, organism starts to activate right in the REM sleep. Basically, heart rate goes up, mm-hmm. and uh, you your eye movements and etc. So, it's. I'm a little bit confused because uh, I, re- I read in some places that mm-hmm. it's better to wake up not in REM, REM sleep, mm-hmm. but in, uh, in non-REM sleep and in like around stage one. Mm-hmm. But uh, according to the description of REM sleep, it seems that it's more reasonable to wake up at the end of the REM sleep <laughs> because your everything mm-hmm. is active, right? This is a very interesting point because uh, uh, it is uh, reasonable. What happened? Okay, uh, a very reasonable point. Um, naturally, we uh, wake up during stage one mm-hmm. sleep, as as it is, uh, yeah, described here because it. Uh, to the, to the degree that, that I understand this, uh, waking up at, at the REM phase might be uh, disruptive uh, because uh, it is still a part of um, the regenerational phase. Uh, so while, while some of the systems act kind of like we are awake, uh, the activation of, uh, the more activation of uh, the cortex, the and beta waves uh, and just faster and then uh, more like waking state waves uh, during the REM sleep. Mm. 
the physical activity is still uh, deactivated, right, by uh, the brain, uh, by the action of uh, brain stem, uh, and um, so while it is kind of like wakeness, this is not the state that aims to uh, lead us to being awake. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I'm I'm also. Uh, starting to orient myself in 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 the field, uh, but it seems reasonable that uh, uh, waking up a REM uh, phase would be disruptive of the regenerative process and resting, uh, because at this point uh, the well the actual body uh, motor systems are purposefully deactivated and are not to be activated at that point. <clears throat> and and an active processing of um, an active processing of uh, information acquired during the day is going on. So you're kind of sorting out. Uh, you're in the process of passive slash active sorting uh. out of the info, and you don't want this process to be disrupted. Otherwise, uh, otherwise uh, it's not completed, and you're um, you're in a bit of a mess. That that's how I understand it. And it's uh -huh. like really hard to wake a person up during a REM sleep. Uh -huh. It's like you, you need to put in a lot of, a more effort than if they would be in some of the yeah. other stages. Yes, mm -hmm. that, that is the same for me too. Mm -hmm. uh, but according to the description, I thought it's, it's going to take less energy to the body mm -hmm. to wake you up because everything is already active, kind of. But yeah, mm -hmm. like from personal experience, also, it's really hard to yeah. wake up when you are dreaming. Well, it it does seem that not everything is active. Yeah. Or, well, some of the very essential, uh, some of the very essential circuits that mm -hmm. must be activated are not active mm -hmm. at that point, and and in fact are inhibited. Uh, so well, yeah, <coughs> and well, yeah. The, yeah, so let's wake up at stage one. <laughs> Waking up at stage one is fine. And, uh, right, uh, what I wanted to go through before we start uh, presenting the uh, studies as well uh, is this uh, brief description of sleep mechanisms. And uh, this article states uh, or describes two internal uh, biological mechanisms circadian rhythm and uh, homeostasis, uh, which work together to regulate uh, when you, we are both awake and sleep, of course. Uh, circadian rhythms direct a wide variety of functions from daily fluctuations in wakefulness to body temperature, metabolism and the release of hormones. They control our timing of sleep and cause us to be sleepy at night and our tendency to wake in the morning without an alarm. Our body's biological clock, which is based on a roughly 24-hour day, uh, roughly, it's not, not exactly so, uh, so um, I don't remember the specific uh, number, but, but uh, I remember that it was kind of specific. Uh, well, anyway, roughly to 24-hour day, controls most circadian rhythms. Circadian rhythms synchronize with environment cues, light, temperature, about the actual time of uh, day, but they continue even in the absence of cues. 
so regardless of the environment, uh, the circadian rhythms have uh, have uh, inertia, which is very significant. Here is a pretty illustration of the circadian rhythms. <laughs> Uh, right, uh, in, in the levels of melatonin and body temperature, which are uh, significant uh, variables in, the, in some of the research that we're going to be overviewing. Uh, and sleep-wake homeostasis keeps track of our need for sleep. The homeostatic sleep drive reminds the body to sleep after a certain time and regulates sleep intensity. This sleep drive gets stronger every hour we are awake and causes us to sleep longer and more deeply after a period of sleep deprivation. Factors that influence our sleep-wake needs need, uh, factors that influence our sleep-wake needs include medical conditions, medications, stress, sleep environment, and what we eat and drink. Perhaps the greatest influence is the exposure to light. Specialized cells in the retinas of our eyes process light and tell the brain whether it's day or night and can advance or delay our sleep-wake cycle. Exposure to light can make it difficult to fall asleep and return to sleep uh, when awakened. Night shift workers often have trouble falling asleep when they go to bed and also have trouble staying awake at work because their natural circadian rhythm and sleep-wake cycle is disrupted. In the case of jet lag, circadian rhythms become out of sync with the time of day when people fly to a different time zone, creating a mismatch between their internal clock and the actual clock. Uh, so this presents the, uh, the circadian rhythm and uh, general homeostasis as two variables, or as two general systems regulating the, uh, the drive to sleep and, and, and the deepness of the sleep and, uh, and uh, the latency of the sleep and so on. So that's kind of cool as well. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, others th I, I believe the other things we're going to dig in uh, on our own. Uh, the, uh, it's, it's, it also mentions some details about how much sleep we need in general uh, and what dreaming, uh, how dreaming ma manifests uh, in those processes, what roles genes play in, in sleep. It's, it's kind of cool too, maybe we'll return to that. Uh, yeah, and it is general knowledge that uh, a, 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 an adult uh, in average needs about seven to nine hours of sleep per night uh, and we need more when we're young uh, specifically uh, when we're newborn <laughs> newborns can sleep almost the whole day or, or around 18 hours uh, 16 18 hours or babies in general and school age children uh, up to 10 hours so that's that Okay, and uh, with that brief introduction to the general uh, things, uh, in a kind, kind of well structured by, by some good people uh, who created uh, this review, uh, we can switch on to our own 
stuff and, and uh, as it's not the, a, a big number of us today uh, uh, I think it would be reasonable to introduce not only the studies but also our, our experience with sleep and sleep problems uh, and how um, what we are discussing <coughs> here and what we are presenting here uh, reflects uh, our experience uh, so yeah so that I wouldn't speak all the time uh, uh, I'll ask Zdenek to continue as he is uh, an experienced uh, discussion error <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like my third discussion, so I'm very experienced. Uh, would you like me to start with my personal experience and then move to the study, or should I do it the other way around? You can choose either, uh, however it's more, uh, more con convenient for yourself. Okay, so I'll start with my own experience, because uh, like a uh, day ago, I was a bit sleep deprived. Uh, me and my friends uh, spent a bit more time awake uh, than, than usual. I had about uh, around five hours of sleep at night. And as I'm someone who really takes care of their sleep and I really try to get uh, eight hours of sleep each night, I could feel the difference that only the, that this one night made in my life. Uh, and I feel like, okay, so I feel like many people don't really take care of their sleep. Like sleep is something you have to do. And you don't, you're not aware how big of a difference it makes for you until you, uh, until you get used to having your eight hours each night. So this one day where I slept only for five hours, I could really feel uh, the difference the next day uh, and the difference I felt was that I was not as social as I'm usually as I usually am and I could not pay attention for the same amount of time that I could before and uh, my socio-emotional brain was disrupted and that's exactly what my study is about or the study from Simone Vallet, Barnes and Walker called Sleep Loss and the Socio-Emotional Brain. Uh, and so this study doesn't only focus on the processes like memory and attention, but it also focuses on your higher, more complex uh, socio-emotional processes. And what this study say, says is that we really need sleep to function socially and in order to, uh, for other people to be around us, uh, we need to get uh, the right amount of sleep. So the sleep loss clearly disrupts the affective processes. Affective processes are the processes linked to your emotions and to your feelings. And it disrupts uh, the basic emotional operations like emotional recognition, emotional responsivity, your emotional expression, but it also uh, affects the high order complex socio-emotional functioning. That means like it affects loneliness, it affects how much do you want to help others. Uh, it's called helping behavior in this study. It, it also influences your overall charisma. And 
There's also a link between sleep disturbance and psychiatric conditions, including anxiety, depression, suicidality. Uh, and so I'd like to focus right now, how much time do I have? How specific should I be? I think you, uh, you have, uh, surely you have space to describe uh, all the things that you see as essential, as uh, central, uh, and we can move to the more peripheral things uh, further in the discussion. Okay, so I'll focus on the highlights of this mm -hmm. study, the main findings, mm -hmm. which are that uh, sleep plus amplifies your basic emotional reactivity, uh, which means it not only increases your negative mood states, but it also impairs your accurate recognition and outward expression of emotions. Your brain basically becomes more reactive to uh, the stimuli around you, but uh, it's like in inside of you there's a lot of happening, but your outward expressions, your voice, your face expressions become uh, become less uh, readable to others. It's harder to express yourself emotionally. Uh, your inadequate sleep also impacts your higher order complex socio-emotional functioning. It decreases your prosocial behavior. Uh, it increases your social withdrawal. That's the link between a loss of sleep and loneliness. You don't want to be, you don't want to socialize as much as you like, which is my own experience from a day ago. Um, and it also triggers marital and workplace conflict uh, yeah. and enfeebles leadership skills. Uh, you you want your boss to to be able to sleep properly. Mm. It's not nice to have someone above you who who's not getting enough sleep. Uh, okay, so, and so lastly, I would like to mention just the underlying neural mechanism. As this is, mm. these are useful as we are talking about neuroscience. And so, what causes your uh, what disrupts your affective processes is the loss of top-down prefrontal regulation of amygdala. Mm -hmm. so, so the link between the prefrontal cortex and amygdala is disrupted. Yeah. So amygdala becomes mm -hmm. more reactive to the stimuli around you. And uh, the, there's also, there are also sympathovagal changes in the body. Your body becomes uh, more prone to react to the stimuli, stimuli as well. And what this study mentioned is also a transmission of the emotional dysfunction between individuals. Uh, and it, it also talked about viral-like contagion of uh, sleep deprivation. So if, uh, if, if people who are sleep deprived come into contact with someone who got enough sleep the day before, even this oh, person who has slept well will sort of catch uh, the dysfunction, the emotional dysfunction of this other person. This is also something I experienced a day ago as my friend who got enough sleep started acting like I did. And, and would you say that it has to do with, uh, with the, what is, uh, what is it attributed to? Good question. This is kind of interesting. So, 
if a, if a person displays some behavior uh, because of a certain cycle or so certain mechanisms were disrupted specifically uh, the uh, spe specifically uh, the regu the regulative function of the prefrontal uh, cortex for, for the limbic system it, uh, it, it somehow passes on to the for people you interact with like it, this is cool <laughs> I'm gonna close the hmm. Okay, I'll try to look into that. I'm uh -huh. not really sure uh, that it's mentioned even here. Okay. But yeah, I'll look into that and try to come up with an answer. Yeah, but they've mentioned but, the but they've mentioned the yeah. uh, viral-like contagion. Yeah, so it's, it's contagious. This is cool. Yeah, so I, what I like about this study is how it managed to link neuroscience with sort of more social approach. Well, yeah. So that was really nice. Mm -hmm. That's great, and, and that's uh, especially great because uh, we are more or less well, or we are kind of well oriented at the moment in the neuroscience of social behavior, or at least at the basic variables uh, in it, uh, like the social brain, how the inhibited mechanisms of the prefrontal cortex play a big role in it, how uh, the limbic system uh, with uh, the amygdala um, uh, in, in specifically being responsible for the fight or flight and, and other re uh, related um, basic reflexes and how it, how it becomes more complex in the holistic interaction between the whole limbic system and the, cortic and the cortical structures. And yes, so so it's it's really great that some people are getting it together and and seeing seeing it and looking at it uh, with the neural lens that we already have established. Uh, well, then thank you a lot for the study. It's great, and I uh, and we surely will come back to it further. Uh, and Tigran, if you will introduce uh, uh, your con contribution. Uh, yes. Okay. Take it. Okay. Sorry. Thank you. So, it's a uh, for me. It was a usual problem when my alarm was turning on, and usually the iPhone's alarm is so dramatic. Mm -hmm. You need like a few days of therapy mm -hmm. of getting back, uh, and it turns out some. Uh, there exist some applications on iPhone which are basically a smart alarm which is a which understands your uh, sleeping stages mm -hmm. and according to your current stage uh, let's say you put you want to wake up around 6 and 6:30 a.m. and during these 30 minutes it understands at which stage you are right now currently and wakes you up with a really nice alarm uh, actually the application is working on both iPhones and also Apple Watch so on iPhone it uses uh, the microphone of the phone to understand your movements and etc I don't exactly know uh, how they actually identify your sleep stages by your movements and some voices you make during sleep 
and according to their, their website i opened they uh, i think they don't like to disclose too much of information about that <laughs> backed by science created by sleep experts that's mm. the only information about <laughs> their algorithm <laughs> uh, but on my personal experience this application works pretty well and also mm. i found uh, someone who made a research on himself so he put it EEG device on top of his head uh, and recorded his sleep uh, during six days and according to the EEG device and also the outputs from the application the sleep cycles the REM phases as you can see here so uh, this is the graph which came from uh, the EEG device mm -hmm. uh, According to EEG, these are in the red, the REM phases. Mm -hmm. And the others, so light and deep stages, it, I think it just summarized maybe like second and third step uh, stages a deep. And the sleep cycle, it looks like this. This is the sleep cycle. So it is not stating you are in REM, non-REM. It just says, oh, you are sleeping or you are in a deep sleep. Yeah. So let's go back here. So according to the EEG and the sleep cycle, we can see that the REM phases are matching together mm -hmm. around like wakeness and REM sleep. They are matching together. And uh, according to this information, uh, we, we think it's pretty accurately uh, understanding how, in which stage mm -hmm. you are right now and wakes you up around the stage two and today i specifically uh i specifically uh remembered at what time my alarm turned on it was seven twenty-five. then i checked and uh according to my apple watch uh, uh, according to apple i was in a REM phase at seven twenty-five, and from stage one i went to REM phase at seven twenty-five, and Exactly at that point, mm -hmm. it, my alarm started to work. That is yes. cool. And some, just a, yes, 71% of quality sleep, not good, but we are improving it. Yeah. Uh, it's, from my personal experience, I can say it's so much better than just a regular alarm. Uh, from, uh, you just put an interval uh, for 30 minutes uh wake me up during these 30 minutes and it wakes you up usually quite perfectly you just wake up easily the day goes very good i recommend it to everyone not my application not an advertisement <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes that's, yeah. that's, it. that's great uh, thank you Tigitan. it's uh, uh, some great uh, insight um yeah, from the uh, from the world of applications, <laughs> uh, actually, um, I'll I'll probably ask that uh, further on. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, you are a software uh, engineer, yeah. uh, and it it would be interesting to uh, to well, firstly, how how do you evaluate this application from from the perspective of uh, of, of of an application engineer, uh, is it is it uh, 
Well, you've already evaluated is good as and that you advise it to everyone. So I could say that <laughs> that it doesn't have any significant issues. Yes. Uh, but what what do you see as what 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 did they have to maintain? What what uh, what did they need to to do? Um, in the first place to make such an application work? Mm -hmm. So, uh, also according to their website, mm -hmm. they said uh, all the, they made a machine learning algorithm which identifies in which sleep stage you are, mm -hmm. which is, uh, it's a neural network. So, kind of a black box for us, mm -hmm. even for developers. Uh, they don't know usually how the neural networks work. They just mm -hmm. identify. So, for example, what they did, they find, they recorded a lot of people mm -hmm. uh, sleeping and they recorded their movements, the sounds that they are making, everything. And also, probably, they put a lot of, uh, not a lot of, but they put EEG devices on them and exactly mm -hmm. knew mm -hmm. at which moment they were in which sleep stage so all of this information gathered together maybe 20 30 000 of uh, sleeps different people uh, many and it should be very diverse also the research so they mm -hmm. found all this big information with all of the sounds that they have mm -hmm. and all of the information coming from eeg device at which sleep stage they are uh, and these type of networks, neural networks, are working, are uh, classification neural networks. So you just pass all of the sounds to the neural network and wait for its output. Whether it is, uh, whether the output is something that is true, mm -hmm. is uh, an output that you expect, you reward the neural network. But, and you know the output because you have all of the recordings of the EEG devices. Yes. So by this way, they train these models mm -hmm. uh, with the sounds and the actual data. After, that, after this point, after many, many iterations, uh, it becomes something usable and reliable. And what is scary, you don't know how it exactly works yeah. under the hood. No one knows. Yeah. No, no, the developers don't know, it just works. <laughs> very cool right uh, so so they uh got a, a lot of data of how people sleep some data probably some data from uh, that, that is trackable by the apple watch right other yes. than sounds and compared it uh and and taught uh the the neural network uh to the, the algorithm to recognize uh the phase of the sleep based on comparison uh of those uh, of those of this uh, this data with mm -hmm. eg data exactly. uh, electroencephalography and uh, also what is interesting yeah. you should know uh what type of data do you need what type of data even makes sense for the neural network to uh find patterns mm -hmm. because uh if you are just a developer mm -hmm. you don't know what uh what is what sounds or what uh, type of information 
is crucial for finding out uh, the the stage of the sleep. Mm-hmm. So uh, probably they incorporated with a lot of uh, neuropsychologists. Uh, I don't know, like ma- many many people who are experts exactly in the sleep uh, yes. field, so that exactly. they you know what type of information is mm-hmm. is valuable. Yes. Otherwise, it would find some nonsense. The neural network won't know yes. what so, to do. So based on the fact that the application actually works, we can confirm their statement that it is based on, uh, science. on, on <laughs> science and scientific knowledge and experts. Yes. <laughs> so so that's, that's really great. That's really great. Uh, and uh, how is this application called? Again, this is not advertisement. <laughs> I hope it was advertisement. We would earn some money, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, sleep cycle. Sleep cycle. Yeah, yes. we, we wouldn't earn anything. <laughs> Still, but, uh, but sleep cycle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, as you've uh, as you've told uh, as as uh, you've told about it, um, um, as you've told me about it before. Uh, I've tried it out uh, myself on the phone, and I can confirm your experience that uh, that this application works as uh, I just felt better waking up, uh, and it it took less time to uh, kind of synchronize and and go on with the day than than it takes uh, when a general uh, when when a specific. Uh, when a specific time set alarm uh, just disrupts my sleep at any point, uh, at any stage. Uh, that was probably not another um, participant, okay. So yeah, uh, yes, a very cool application. Uh, what, what, um, what was problematic uh, with it for me is that your phone has to be working all night long and uh, recording all night long so basically what i uh, the problem that i uh, encountered was that uh it the battery got low over the night uh, e- even if it was 100% and if it wasn't then uh well just basically my t- telephone was used up during the night and uh, i don't know how how uh, what would be the effect the long term effect of such battery usage uh, on the phone and just uh, (laughs) surfacially (laughs) thinking that that the effect would not be great, that it would lower the uh, battery life. uh, Well, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, Uh, but still a a great application, which, um, as you've stated, uh, you're using with uh, with an Apple Watch right now, right? Yeah, Apple Watch, it's without voice, just vibrates. Yeah. No voice, really good. Wake up, perfect. Yeah, and you've already you've also said that uh, uh, as opposed to the phone, for the Apple Watch, it does not have uh, it does not uh, like discharge it during the night completely, and it takes less energy for the yes, Apple Watch. Yes, it takes uh, quite less energy. Mm. Also, because I think the fact of. Uh, they need to detect the movements, mm-hmm. probably. That's why they are recording with the phone. But with Apple Watch, there are other mechanisms for yeah. detecting the movement. Yes. So probably they are using these other mechanisms, uh, which takes much less energy. Yeah. 
Yes, uh, yeah, I, I just thought about it actually as well. Yes, uh, this, this is completely, completely logical. Right, uh, so uh, thank you, Dingzhen, uh, for your awesome contribution and, and technological insight. Uh, I will switch on to uh, my own contribution to this discussion with the studies. And I've, um, I've, I've briefly uh, researched two of the uh, two studies that I found uh, that were advised on this topic by Andrew Huberman. Uh, and um, one of them, or the first one, concerns uh, specifically the light um, the uh, ex uh, the light exposure during the evening and uh, the morning hours uh, and its effect on sleep uh, or specifically the uh, melatonin levels uh, uh, during the late hours in the day from two, uh, 2230 to 2330 uh, the study was made the way that um, and basically, they uh, they exposed several groups of people to uh, uh, several types of conditions uh, to uh, uh, dim light, uh, dim light with a uh, to dim light, moderate light, and bright light uh, in the morning and in the evening, uh, co combined in uh, several different ways. Uh, uh, I will not go into the specifics uh, of the design. Uh, still. What the study found uh, was that uh, late night, uh, uh, late uh, late evening light exposure reduced melatonin uh, levels and subjective sleepiness, and resulted in larger skin temperature gradients as compared to dim light. Uh, again, in the evening, uh, so it tracks both melatonin and uh, uh, the uh, skin temperature uh, dynamics as well um, and uh, actually of, of course uh, for speaking of experience this is the main uh, this is the main uh, re result of the study uh, and uh, they've also discovered that when uh, exposed to bright light during the early hours of uh, the day uh, the onset or the levels of uh, melatonin and um, the body temperature uh, are adapted despite uh, being um, uh, this, despite uh, uh, the moderate uh, or even bright light being presented in the late hours. So the two uh, the two the two significant findings of this study uh, is the first well it's a general consensus right now that uh, bright light, especially blue light exposure during the late hours. Uh, and lowers the melatonin levels and delays uh, sleep and lowers the quality of sleep. Uh, but they also presented that if we uh, are exposed uh, uh, to bright light during the early uh, or, uh, early morning hours and the day hours as well, um, and the day hours as well, uh, it mitigates uh, the some of the sleep disruptive co consequences of light exposure in the later evening. Uh, so that's uh, kind of cool. And to be more a bit more specific, uh, they've mentioned that um, uh, that around uh, two and a half hour uh, 
bright uh, light exposure during the day uh, was uh, the was the measure of light during the day that mitigated the the effect and decreased uh, the disruptive effect of the uh, late evening uh, light exposure. Uh, so basically, it says right that if we're act if we're active uh, during the day, uh, if we, um, if we're exposed to bright light during the early hours of the day, uh, then uh, our uh, then our uh, hormone cycle, this melatonin cycle, and gets normalized by itself, uh, and the mit and the um, effects of late night light exposure get get mitigated uh, from my experience i i, I can uh, totally uh, confirm uh, and especially the second thing because uh, i i think that th this is kind of an interesting uh topic here because uh whenever i had a discussion with with a, with another person about uh, the late night uh, screen light ex uh, exposure uh, which is um, uh, uh, which has again been confirmed to be disruptive of sleep and, and melatonin production uh, and stuff <laughs> uh, while the effect should be uh, very specific and, and, and absolutely valid uh, I think every uh, or uh, on my own experience I can say that sometimes when I when I'm up up until I don't know one a.m. on my phone, uh, I have no troubles falling asleep after, and it and it still uh, influences the quality of the sleep, I believe, uh, but doesn't uh, it doesn't do it uh, enough for me to notice the change, to notice the difference, uh, and this is in the same is the opinion of uh, I know children, uh, I've some children I've discussed it with uh, in an intervention program. The mental health intervention program uh, and just mm, uh, in general so it might not uh, be very noticeable uh, and it might not be always uh, uh, clear uh, a clear effect so again it might it might be mediated uh, by uh, or it is of course mediated by lots of other uh, variables other than light itself uh, and at the same time, uh, why it can be uh, problematic with school children specifically, because they wake up early, <laughs> they wake up at, at 7 a.m., right, and they go out uh, into the bright light and get exposed to the bright light in the morning, and, and probably they live somewhere far away from the school, so they get a long, long time exposure, maybe they have... Uh, a physical culture exercise during the day. So even if uh, they do engage in, in telephone before going to sleep, uh, uh, it, the effect get, gets mitigated by exactly the thing. And, and, and I felt it very well that if I'm active during the day, both uh, if I'm exposed to the light in, in the morning and during the day, also if I'm physically active during the day, uh, it uh, contributes to the quality of my sleep, uh, obviously, and very noticeably, uh, um, and consistently as well. Uh, this being for the first study, uh, and the second study is also an interesting one. Uh, it's that meal timing uh, regulates the human circadian system. 
and I, I won't I won't be able to talk about uh, de uh, in detail about uh, this unfortunately, uh, and the variables that they are working with are uh, are uh, um, more or less or rather new to me, uh, which is. Um, which is the glucose uh, concentration uh, and adipose, uh, adipose uh, uh, tissue and blood uh, clock gene um, expression uh, and uh, so on. But um, what the study found, uh, and again, th this is a, a study ad um, advised by uh, the Huberman lab, uh, that timed meals play a role in synchronizing peripheral circadian rhythms in humans and may have particular relevance for patients with circadian rhythm uh, disorders, shift workers, uh, transmedian travelers, uh, we know that. Uh, and um, what they did was that uh, they ac accustomed a group of people to eating at, uh, at a certain um, a schedule um, that being uh, in uh, three meals and in five hour intervals uh, either f uh, five uh, uh, either half an hour after awake or five and a half uh, five and a five and a half hour after wake and uh, they were accustomed to the early eating uh, at first but then switched to the late uh, eating diet uh, and um, uh, they uh, have discovered uh, that uh, the later uh, that the late that the switch in this uh, uh, in this tendency and in this uh, timing of the diet uh, then then influenced uh, the uh, then influenced uh, the sleep. I'm sorry for being very, uh, too general. I'm looking for the highlights. Okay, yeah, a five-hour delay in meal times changes uh, the phase relationship uh, of human circadian rhythms, uh, and um, so they just found that the delay uh, in meal delayed the circadian rhythm in general, thereby disrupting the sleep cycle. Uh, more specific uh, highlights are that plasma, gluco uh, plasma glucose, but not insulin or triglyceride rhythms, are delayed by late meals. So um, um, hereby they're mentioning that uh, the dynamics, the cyclic dynamics of uh, all of those uh, influence the uh, uh, circadian or are uh, significant parts of the circadian rhythms and uh, the delay of uh, of, the, uh, of the meal time uh, influence uh, influences the plasma glucose rhythm uh, by decreasing the amount of uh, glucose uh, at a certain um, at a certain normal point and uh, uh, this disrupts the circadian rhythm and the sleep cycle. Uh, adipose PER2 rhythms are delayed uh, by late meals and rhythm changes occur without altered subjective or actigraphic sleep markers. Uh, so uh, they don't have to have an effect in all domains.
so this uh, what I'm getting from this study uh, is that uh, meal timing uh, is very relevant uh, in in context of circadian uh, rhythms and uh, obviously sleep uh, and that meal timing may help to reset uh, the circadian system in cases of shift work and jet lag and circadian rhythm disorders, which is a part of the discussion uh, that authors, uh, authors introduce. Uh, so by <laughs> changing the, uh, the arrangement of our meals during the day, we might uh, either disrupt uh, our circadian rhythms in the normal, uh, in the normal set, of, uh, set of conditions, or uh, <laughs> or on the contrary, uh, adapt our circadian rhythm uh, in, in the circumstances of uh, the change of uh, abnormal uh, circumstances like uh, shift work or late shift work, jet lag uh, and some disorders. So this is kind of cool as well. And this is me. Uh, so we have uh, uh, the light exposure, um, evening and morning, uh, uh, meal, the meals the meal timing during the day, uh, influencing the circadian rhythm, uh, the uh, right moments to uh, wake up, um, uh, helped by uh, a certain type of applications, developed specifically for that based on. Uh, expert knowledge and uh, the uh, sleep deprivation effects on uh, emotional regulation and, and emotional and social uh, regulation uh, which is contagious <laughs> uh, so well it's uh, cool uh, at this point we, we can switch to open discussion of what we thought about uh, the, each of the studies and we can address any of the uh, large amount of the participants that, that we have uh, 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 around our beautiful table. <laughs> uh, yeah, so th thank you for this part and let's go on to uh, the question, uh, to this uh, study directed questions. Uh, and uh, then we'll just go into the direction that, that will attract us most. Okay, so I had one question for you. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that uh, from your own experience it doesn't make a difference whether you, uh, you're exposed to the bright light from your phone at night, that you have no problems uh, when it comes to falling in asleep. I'm not talking. Yeah. You you mentioned that the quality might be disrupted, but that yeah. you fall asleep just as easily as if you wouldn't look into your phone. That there are uh, cases like this. Uh -huh. So it doesn't always do it, and it often happens that uh, it does not have by itself uh, the disruptive effect. Yes, but but it uh, um, sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. Some sometimes it doesn't. Uh, it, it is just not very consistent, is what I wanted to say. Yeah, I, I had just a stupid question about <laughs> the sleep mode. Uh, like, for example, iPhones have pre-installed a sleep mode which regulates uh, the color of the light. It's like the warmer tones mm -hmm. in the night. And so 
I was just wondering whether you wasn't spending time at your phone while it was in the sleep mode. So that would right. explain why it didn't have any effect on you. Yeah, uh, this is a this is not closely suited. <laughs> this is an amazing question, actually, which concerns the, the studies, uh, the study that I brought uh, directly, although they haven't mentioned this specifically in the study. Um, lately, it does have uh, uh, the direct connection to this. I've been using the sleep mode for several so for several years now, uh, and it is great well, because. Uh, exactly that uh, the dim light exposure during the uh, the dim light exposure during the late hours uh, did not have such a disruptive a disruptive effect on the um, on the melatonin uh, production and the bloody uh, and the bloody temperature uh, the <laughs> the body temperature <laughs> uh, and the body temperature uh, so yeah. Uh, But before, uh, but uh, the effect was not consistent even before I started using it. Uh, I can certainly say that um, using uh, the night mode on on the phone or on, on on all the devices, I use them on all the devices. Actually, I I, I set up uh, the night time uh, uh, with the um, uh, with the sound uh, with the sound uh, sundown uh, or uh, with a with the sunset uh, so basically I, I either you know, if you if I have an option to synchronize it with the actual sunset in the place where I'm located I do that uh, if not I just put it at uh, six or seven or eight depending on, on the time of the year and this works perfectly uh, so that's great and and this is uh, in complete uh, in complete accordance uh, with the study uh, and with the general knowledge about the thing uh, and but yeah even before I used it some inconsistencies happened I could fall asleep sometimes I fell asleep just 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 fine after being exposed to bright light uh, sometimes not more times not than uh, than so but the effect was not consistent and I see how or why children some some children uh, testify that uh, it doesn't happen for for them because well they they just synthesize the cases that when it didn't happen uh, and so yeah uh, great question <laughs> and uh, yeah it, it kind of gets simple right like if if you're exposed to bright uh, especially well high high frequency light Uh, at night, you're fucked uh, more, more, most of the times. Uh, if, if, if you dim your light uh, that you're exposed to, uh, then you're not. <laughs> and if, you're, and if you uh, assist your circadian rhythms and uh, all of the uh, system error de detectors uh, with uh, the bright light exposure during the morning and, and, and the day, uh, then the effect uh, then it's even better in in any case so that's cool and it may also depend on what exactly what exact activity you are doing with phone like is mm -hmm. it passive scrolling or doing some uh, research where you need all your concentration and energy yeah. so 
Uh, usually, yeah. if it's just a passive scrolling, yes, you can easily sleep. Mm -hmm. I think. But if it's something which takes a lot of energy, a lot of concentration, after that, from my personal experience, I just can't sleep for at least two hours. Doesn't matter what time is it. Yes, uh, th this is a, an amazing remark because uh, I, I haven't looked at it uh, from this point of view. Uh, but uh, it makes perfect sense in context of neural processes in general, and uh, what we would, uh, what or what we certainly will mention uh, during the sleep uh, or you know, during the physical exercise discussion as well is that um, you shouldn't exercise before sleeping, right? Because mm -hmm. you, the more you, uh, the whole uh, nervous. Uh, now the whole dynamics uh, of the nervous systems uh, are kind of centered around the activation and inhibition of uh, the general um, uh, of all the bodily um, processes basically and uh, the more uh, and <coughs> during the activation um, dopaminergic and uh, Especially dopaminergic uh, systems have uh, a significant effect on uh, the waking state and on your arousal. Uh, of course, ad adrenaline and noradrenaline uh, uh, for the activation of, of the specific domains, and then acetylcholine for for the muscles. And uh, but just in general, whenever you're motivated to. Uh, uh, to by anything to do uh, to be activated and concentrated on a specific thing Re researching preparing for an exam uh, 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 anything that gets you all up it makes well it, it will just uh, logically delay uh, uh, the onset uh, of the sleep stage uh, delay the onset of um, the circadian dynamics leading towards sleep uh, because opposite processes are happening and it, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of the opposite of uh, trying to wake up during REM sleep mm -hmm. uh, like in, in, in REM sleep you are generally inhibited but uh, some specific processes can go on uh, to facilitate uh, uh, facilitate your memories and, and, and all of that uh, and you're just not ready to wake up. So if you're w w woken up during REM sleep, you're gonna be clumsy or uh, messy, more or less. And your the neural processes will be, and and the same is when you're going to sleep when you're all activated by some directed action. You, you, you were just, uh, I don't know, training or, or or or, <laughs> um, researching, preparing for for your exam. And uh, you're still processing all of this information because it doesn't just go away, right? And uh, it's it's getting wakefully arranged, actively arranged, and your your nervous system is just not ready to switch on to into the sleep mode. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and th th this is a small reflection of, uh, on your thought because it, it, it's cool, and I and I haven't uh, thought of this specifically in because when when we were talking about the mobile phone exposure with or when I when I was talking about it, I'm thinking about mm, 
the the screen being turned uh, on brightly or turned on dimly or just turned off uh, but the activity that we're doing plays uh, well it would be nonsense if, if it didn't play an enormous role so thank you for that I'm, ri I'm writing that down <laughs> uh, cool hmm. uh, so as Daniel, you, you mentioned that uh, there were uh, more specific moments that you've written down or uh, underlined in your studies, if, if you could. Uh, yeah, so there were two mm. specific areas of research that, uh, that were mentioned in this study, and I believe Teresa uh, mentioned them the last time she, mm -hmm. she was here. And then it's the link between sleep and depression and sleep and suicidality, sleep mm -hmm. and suicide. And so uh, it's really interesting how these mechanisms sort of come together and mm -hmm. the link is not always clear. The underlying mechanisms are not largely understood, but from what we know uh, about the link between sleep and depression. So for example, uh, inadequate sleep or disrupted sleep is uh, both symptom and a risk factor for both bipolar and unipolar depression. Uh, and 65% of patients suffering from major depression have some sort of uh, problem with their sleep regimen. And this is probably due to the alteration of architecture of the, of the sleep stages. And uh, in the Depressed, depressed patients, it was found out that they entry into the REM sleep faster and they uh, spend larger amount of their sleep in the REM phase. Uh, and so there is an antidepressant effect of, uh, of sleep deprivation in depressed patients, uh, which is one way to treat depression. So you just deprive them for, for like a night of sleep and then they, the next day, they usually claim to feel better. Mm -hmm. But there is high percent of relapse back into the depression quite shortly after mm -hmm. this treatment. And the other way to treat depression is the suppression of REM sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it was found that uh, in depressed patients, the underexpression of non-REM sleep way may lead to consequential, consequential overexpression of REM sleep. Uh, allow the faster entry into REM sleep early into night. Mm -hmm. uh, and so thus reducing the REM sleep might help them to enter the deeper stages. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, and then there was the link between sleep disruption and suicide and uh, simply disrupted sleep left to elevated risk for suicide and suicide related behaviors. But what was uh, more important, uh, more interesting was that not only sleep disruption is linked to suicide, but rather nightmares. Like people who, mm. uh, who experience nightmares had a higher chance to commit suicide. And the study talked about the possibility of dream-related mental biomarker uh, of suicide likelihood. Like, the like there, they talked that there might be a specific systems system that uh, is dream related and is a biomaker for marker for 
like suicide related behavior and thoughts mm -hmm. so this probably uh, really interesting as sleep disturbance appears to be a transdiagnostic feature common across many psychiatric disorders yeah. and the underlying physiology remains largely unclear yeah that's that's an astonishing remark as well uh, and it, it, it was partially mentioned in, in your study and, and uh, also mentioned by Teresa in the previous discussion. Uh, I believe she mentioned the REM sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think she did. Or at least she, she mentioned that she tried to find some studies for it and I know we shortly discussed it. Discussed okay. it. Uh, and could you please again specify by what uh, mechanism uh, REM sleep interrupts uh, the deeper stages of sleep in uh, in bipolar, in depression, uh, in bipolar, and then uh, how how come uh, how come REM REM deprivation or REM sleep disruption helps in in those mm -hmm. cases? Mm, so I can read the specific. Uh, part of the yeah. of the study it's quite short but so related to the suppression of REM sleep uh, a suppression of REM sleep is a common feature of several antidepressant drugs suggesting that manipulations of REM sleep may play a role in this antidepressant effect uh, yeah so there have been found greater amounts of REM sleep in depressed patients which may be then normalized by the antidepressants uh, they mention here that REM sleep abnormalities might not be depressing in their own right, but rather indicate, indicate impairments in the homeostatic control of non-REM sleep. So there's a problem with the architecture of the sleep stages, of the specific sleep stages, and uh, the REM sleep might, the faster entry and larger amount of REM sleep might be just a symptom of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, the underlying under-expression of non-REM slow wave sleep may lead, lead to a consequential overexpression of REM sleep mm -hmm. and allow faster entry. Uh, individuals with major depression show diminished non-REM sleep wave and mm -hmm. associate. Yeah. So, so, so it's not really a cause and effect case, but rather a systematic interaction kind of thing. So it, it is not... Um, it is that uh, the overall state of depression, let's say, yeah, uh, may lead to uh, to slow wave sleep uh, deprivation, and and this uh, and this may lead to the REM sleep to the more space kind mm -hmm. of for for REM sleep. But if we suppress REM sleep in in, in this case, it leaves more. It 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 uh, leaves. It, it sounds stupid, but <laughs> this is this is what comes to it. It leaves more space for 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 the slow wave sleep. Or yeah. So from what I remember from Faust, yeah. he mentioned that serotonin plays a specific role when it comes to the slow wave sleep. Yeah. That for your neurons to get synchronized and fire together, you need uh -huh. serotonin to act a certain way. Yeah. And so I would guess that. If something's wrong with your serotonin levels, it would be harder right. to get into these stages. And REM sleep is like an antagonist, right? Uh, like the rapid eye movement sleep 
then acts on different neurotransmitters rather than serotonin. So, well, it it, it would make uh, I I don't know, uh, but um, the serotonin action is is uh, well. As it is the antagonist, uh, the inhibitor for of, of dopamine, uh, and um, the specific or one of the specific roles of serotonin is to is to uh, inhibit action, uh, and it, it results in satiety in many states. Like so serotonin is uh, the hormone um, um, of of satiety, basically when we're when we've eaten, when we've when we've drunk, when we've uh, when we've set if, satisfied some some of our needs and and uh, reduced the drive uh, by by action, uh, we don't need to to act to be acting more, and so the dopamine is inhibited by by serotonin specifically. And and yeah, uh, the certain the serotonin serotonergic systems uh, systemic disruption uh, is one of the central or maybe the central. Uh, dynamics of uh, depression in general right and that's why um, that's why uh, SSRIs uh, or mm, uh, serotonin uh, reuptake inhibitors specific uh, cert um, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors are one of the most used treatments for depression uh, in general uh, so yeah, it 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 uh, the fact that it could be connected to uh, that uh, this as you said right that the serotonin is directly um, uh, it is regulating slow wave sleep uh, activation and and procuration uh, then uh, then the uh, then the lack of or uh, a disruption in a serotonergic uh, cycle or normal cycle uh, would be evident in, in, in all of that system and, and so uh, the studies basically or you're saying that uh, suppression of REM sleep normalizes action of serotonergic systems it's not mentioned in the study the study doesn't talk about this problem I was kind of improvising but that mm -hmm. would make sense from what yeah. I've gathered so far. Yeah, that, but that. like depression and the underlying mechanisms are really tricky. There are other neurotransmitters that play a role and yeah, no one is. really knows. Like we know up to a certain point, but yeah. yeah. But, uh, firstly, it's a uh, great interconnection of uh, knowledge from different contexts uh, on, on your side, of course. And, and uh, uh, and and no, I I want to say that uh, I'm actually amazed by how how specifically uh, neuroscience neuroscientists were able to uh, establish the connection between specific uh, specific uh, hormones and specific neuro neurotransmitters with uh, specific psychological and and behavioral and other factors. Uh, especially the mono, um, the monoamines, and and uh, I mean this this is really fascinating, and and how, and how uh, sensitizing this knowledge, uh, specifically like taking it into account that uh, this effectual uh, effective state 
uh, is uh, is connected to production uh, of, of, of this neurotransmitter and and uh, this is the knowledge that I have about the control of this neurotransmitter and, and if I and if I do this thing then this neurotransmitter is going to be produced more um, uh, it, it allows uh, it allows for better uh, directed uh, regulation of own effect and behavior or in my case uh, for sure like uh, morning showers lifting the dopamine uh, production of during the day uh, exercise doing the same thing uh, or any uh, or any the knowledge that any hard thing that you're doing and that you're any effort directed effort you're doing and containing uh, willfully uh, raises raises your dopamine levels uh, in general during the day so it, and therefore will help you uh, concentrate uh, uh, concentrate organize uh, or do anything that is likewise directed knowing this makes it easier to regulate behavior, own behavior uh, and uh, th this is just uh, towards the, the my fascination of, of uh, how uh, how useful some of the knowledge already uh, and, and such a lot has already been discovered and, and structurized and established and, uh, and it's great uh, so cool cool uh, Normalization of serotonergic system by REM sleep suppression uh, as as a way to re reduce depressive symptoms during the day. Cool. But it's a theory, working theory. So. Working theory. So th th this this is an awesome an awesome addition, which is perfectly aligned with the socio emotional regulation. Uh, do you think uh, or yeah, it's and and that again, uh, not again, but that leads us to uh, the question of location of uh, um, of um, to the specific location of of the systems based on uh, different neurotransmitters, because we mentioned uh, before, or you mentioned uh, in in the, as a first part of your study, you mentioned that. Uh, sleep deprivation uh, disrupts normal uh, emotional and social regulation by disrupting uh, the uh, interaction of uh, uh, the regulatory interaction between prefrontal cortex uh, and the limbic system amygdala in uh, specifically amygdala uh, and um, this of course <laughs> this disruption and end function when not disrupted happens by action of specific neurotransmitters and uh, other other than uh, the action potential uh, uh, dynamics uh, of course it's all one system and it leads me towards uh, putting a question what specific what specific uh, neurotransmitters we're talking about when we're when we're talking about the, the disruption disruption of um, inhibitory uh, action of of prefrontal cortex uh, for the limbic system and my guess of course would be the, uh, the certain arduic systems again because 
uh, their inhibitory. This is an, one of the major inhibitory systems uh, together with GABA uh, and yeah, but which plays specifically the right the action suppression uh, thing and, and if the serotonergic systems it, it precisely uh, is disrupted it precisely may lead to uh, a lot of uh, unnecessary action being procured so I, I just doing a lot of stuff that you shouldn't uh, do because nothing or well you don't feel anything um, just marking the the fact that well that that's enough or that that's it, it's it's okay to stop or it, it's okay to not not do that or such or such thing so that would make sense right uh, the serotonergic systems uh, mediating the connection uh, and processes happening in regulate in in frontal and prefrontal regulation of the limbic system so that's cool but uh, on my side it totally requires <laughs> a, a deeper a, a deeper look into what what uh, specific circuits uh, are active there and and what specific neurotransmitters are active there so I'm, I'm putting it down as a note for myself Yeah, cool. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, also, right. a question from my side. So, the study said people who tend to have depression, they entered the REM phase faster, right? Mm -hmm. So, basically, it means it's just the these whole three stages are compromised, mm -hmm. kind of, and the REM phase is just longer mm. because still the 90 minutes should be there right mm -hmm. as a whole cycle if you enter REM phase faster it means these other three stages are shorter mm -hmm. uh, it means the REM phase is longer uh, because the 90 minutes should still cover right mm -hmm. and th th does it mean that or something else or I, I don't know just cur curious curious I don't think that the REM stages are longer. Mm -hmm. I think they are just uh, more more frequent. Okay. So I'll try to find a specific graph. Well, hmm. Actually, uh, I, I've, I've mentioned it, or I've asked, uh, I've put a similar question. Uh -huh uh before uh whether we're talking about having more space for one uh and less space for the other uh, and if if it was like this then it would mean that um uh, the 90 min the 19 minute cycle is fixed uh in the circadian rhythm but if if not then we would we would talk about uh, the Actually, we would talk about the latency of the cycle being shifted, and this and this being one of the factors of of a lower quality of sleep, right? So, so uh, could we account for this as and and here, right? We do see more REM stages appearing, and you also see yeah. a lot lot of 
lots more time spent awake. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so. more, more, more. Yeah, actually, all of all of these points are the points of wakefulness, uh-huh. not, not well, and these are REM stages. So, we have one, two, three, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten uh, points, which could be REM, right? And you don't even get to the fourth stage, like. Mm-hmm. Fourth stage, yeah. Yeah, n- not even to the third, mm. really. So, so it's. So I guess that you'll mm-hmm. spend a longer time in, uh, in the first stages of the non-REM sleep, mm-hmm. like for example in the stage two, and then you'll get again back to the REM, which, which doesn't seem that longer, mm-hmm. than in people not that in, in people not suffering from depression but it's more frequent yeah just the cycles become more frequent yeah and in this case it doesn't really make mm-hmm. sense to just shorten the REM uh, phase right with some medications because mm. it makes sense to uh, decrease the frequency of the peak cycles in that case yeah. then you will go back to this place but maybe the same variable that would shorten the REM uh-huh. uh, phase in this case uh, would uh, allow for normal regulation of cycles. Mm-hmm. So by by um, actually to understand this better, uh, Zdenek, would you uh, say by by which principle they uh, regulated the REM sleep or shortened the REM sleep, uh, suppressed it? Uh, how 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 was this? How was this done, or th- do they mention this? By what by what principle is REM sleep suppressed uh, in order for the positive effect to occur? Hmm. So they are talking about. Uh, normalization of default mode network mm. hyperconnectivity. Okay, but by what? Increases in striatal brain, striatal reward brain activity yeah. from energic tone following sleep tone. And changes to serotoninergic and dopaminergic tone following sleep loss. So, okay. it has to, to do something with the serotoninergic and dopaminergic systems. Okay. But I don't think I can give you a better answer. Okay. And I don't think it's mentioned here. So I, I don't expect they're doing it specifically by uh, uh, by injecting or uh, introducing in some other way uh, the hormones themselves. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, and Google default mode network. Uh, what, what was the specific term? The, uh, I, I mean, what, uh, what do they do with the default mode network? DMN normalization? Normalization. Oh, yeah, try to look up normalization of default mode network hyperconnectivity. Yeah, hyperconnectivity, super. A normalization of DMN hyperconnectivity. Yeah, but maybe it has to do more with sleep deprivation than suppression of REM sleep um, uh-huh. 
Increase the force my What it, it does, it says normalization of default mode network um, hyperconnectivity. Uh-huh. Well, the first the first study that uh, showed up uh, in um, um, National Library of Medicine is increased default default mode network connectivity in individuals at high familial risk for depression. Ah, okay, no, it it doesn't uh, state the connection. Yeah, I just thought that they mentioned a, an opposite effect, effect, but that's not the thing. So sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So that that's another question for further looking into by by what mechanism it happens. But um, what we saw on on the graph uh, of the sleep of a uh, sleep deprived depressed person, right, is that uh, we see more. Uh, or REM sleep occurring more and and uh, other or, or did stage two sleep occurring only briefly and stage three sleep not occurring at all, uh, which is evidence of both shorter cycles and incomplete cycles, uh, shorter incomplete cycles of of uh, of sleep, uh, which uh, which then may be uh, mitigated by uh, by what you've said basically uh, which is the normalization of uh, default mode network uh, hyperconnectivity and uh, and um, and therefore uh, REM suppression if that is connected to is it connected to to normalization of DMN hyperconnectivity. Hmm. Uh, in what in what context did they mention REM suppression? They mentioned it j- just only in the context of s- uh, antidepressant drugs, and okay. then there is the. And and they're saying. Uh, they're saying that the antidepressant drugs uh, suppress the REM stage, and that. Okay. Su- Suppression okay. of okay. REM stages have similar effects to antidepressants, like, and okay. it can be a way of. Right. <laughs> so, so they're saying if you if you introduce or uh, if you give uh, an antidepressants to a depressed person, then they'll sleep better because the REM phases, uh, the increased amount of REM phases will be suppressed, and and the normal cycles. Uh, will be able to take place because the serotonergic systems are regulated properly, mm-hmm. uh, which is the case for SSRIs, uh, and and then they're saying that also the suppression of of REM of, of REM phases has the similar effect. Not saying what 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 else other than uh, antidepressants may lead to this suppression. So that's kind of funny on their side, but it's good to know anyway. Uh, we can look into what specifically may uh, may disrupt the REM stages uh, in the way that mitigates uh, a depressive or the dysfunction of the serotonergic systems during sleep. Uh, what? 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 This. 
All right. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to have a glimpse at yeah, thousands right here. Okay, so so based uh, getting the information uh, that we've gone through uh, into one system, we can see that uh, going back to the uh, introduction, uh, we can see that the light, uh, the light exposure, uh, and the rhythms uh, connected to light exposure are reg regulated by uh, hypothalamus and uh, suprachiasmatic nucleus in, uh, specifically. Um, and um, there are uh, uh, several uh, hormonal systems that uh, uh, mediate uh, this regulation. Uh, this is not mentioned specifically here, but I'm uh, pretty sure that this serotonergic system is one of them. Uh, then the brain stem uh, controls the transition between wake and sleep. Um, yeah, and, and both hypothalamus and brainstem produce GABA, uh, which acts to reduce the activity of arousal sensor centers as well as serotonin, uh, and does it in the hypothalamus and the brainstem. So, uh, when we're talking about um, both sleep, uh, b both uh, light and and um, uh, both uh, light and uh, food and, and uh, other factors uh, uh, in, in sleep and, and, and waking and the effects of uh, sleep on uh, or, or sleep regulation on the daily life. We're talking about the function of hypothalamus uh, and brainstem and the, regulate, and the, regu the regulatory uh, systems such as GABA and serotonergic systems, uh, of course, uh, Regulating the uh, uh, the sleep sleepiness and wakefulness and, and the switch on between uh, specifically in the brainstem between wake and sleep. Uh, it's also interesting how uh, by action of corti well, by, of cortical structures, which you've Tigzan, uh, you've mentioned Tigzan well saying that how we direct uh, how. Uh, how much concentrated we are on, on specific stimuli and how much uh, how, uh, mediates our activation as well and which uh, which influences the quality of sleep as well um, acts uh, in con continuous communication as well as how uh, the uh, and, and the relationship is both in is at least bi-directional uh, in 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 which, which would mean that both how uh, we are um, both what cortical activities we are doing at, at the certain moment influence how how well we're going to fall asleep and sleep meaning if right if we're doing something complex that uh, then we're activated and uh, and the dopaminergic systems are active and uh, and, and probably noradrenergic uh, as well uh, and and uh, more inhibition is in, is required to uh, switch uh, switch to another mode. 
And likewise, if we don't get enough uh, sleep and, uh, and the connection between our cortex and, and, uh, and limbic system is disrupted, then, then it's going to influence the uh, normal daily activity, uh, especially in the emotional and the social sense. Uh, but I'm sure there, there are other uh, effects as well. Uh, thalamus acts as a relay of, of information from the senses to the cerebral cortex uh, in, in this case, uh, therefore playing uh, uh, a great role uh, in the dynamics as well. Uh, also, the thalamus is uh, active during REM sleep, uh, sending the cortex images, sounds and other sensations that fill our dreams. Cool. Uh, what we've mentioned again uh, is, of course, the large uh, significance of the hormone melatonin, uh, which is uh, which is largely uh, regulated by the pineal gland, uh, laterally located, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and here we have like the <laughs> yes. I th I think it's. It has its own circadian rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, we've entered the open phase of, of the jalousy. <laughs> how, how is this called in English? <laughs> uh, okay. Like blindfolds? Bli no. I think. I'm not sure. But blindfolds might have... Uh, uh, a positive effect on, on falling asleep <laughs> right uh, and the midbrain and the amygdala have a uh, large uh, large role in the processing of uh, emotional stimuli uh, and, and other uh, related stimuli during uh, both sleep and wakefulness we've seen how this the con uh, the containment of the specific uh, sleep stages uh, and their their regularity and dynamics and and uh, and even distribution or normal distrib or uh, <laughs> to not mess mess with the terms. Uh, regular distribution is significant in, in uh, quality of sleep and how their disruption may be destructive for uh, uh, general neural processes resulting in, in, in phenomena such as uh, or, or closely connected with phenomena such as depression, bipolar disorder and others. Um, how uh, circadian rhythms are intertwined with uh, other biological rhythms uh, um, included in homeostasis, homeostasis uh, in general homeostatic processes and how and we've seen uh, we've seen uh, one of my studies confirming uh, that and uh, specifically that uh, delaying of uh, um, delaying your meals uh, will result in, in the delay of uh, a phase of the circadian rhythm disrupting sleep uh, or uh, otherwise um, may uh, which otherwise may help to adapt the sleep onset uh, in 
certain circumstances. Yeah, and so, uh, I don't know, um, this is kind of great how, uh, of course, we've, men we've mentioned only part of what can be mentioned on the topic, and we haven't um, uh, described, uh, described the whole the whole specificity of neural dynamics behind sleep uh, and uh, I'm totally <laughs> marking it for uh, a hometown task for myself to uh, to get the general picture more uh, specifically of what exactly or, or um, what systems and hormones are involved in every in each and every of the stages that, and processes that we've described but i um i think that uh, we have described some of the most significant processes that are going on there uh well uh, we've described the the relevance and function of the serotonergic uh systems of uh well then what what we've described uh, what I've mentioned while well, comparing our uh, our our uh, discussion to uh, uh, to the introductory uh, information. Uh, so that that is kind of a small reflection on my side. I'm I'm, I'm glad that we've mapped out uh, some of the significant uh, findings and and methods that we can use to improve our sleep. What I'm getting with myself is that uh, I am going to, uh, well, well, uh, <laughs> exposing myself to early light and light during the day uh, is, um, is now <laughs> one of my basic outlooks on, on, on daily rhythms. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm going to think twice before uh, putting off a meal until nine nine p.m. Uh, until until eleven p.m. Nine p.m. might work. <laughs> uh, and um, uh, and I will find a way to wake up at the moment when I'm ready to wake up. Uh, whether that be an application or uh, a an absence of an alarm and, and a, a, gen, a, a general uh, adaptation of my, uh, of my natural cycle uh, to my daily needs. Uh, and of course, I'll, be, I'll make sure to be getting enough sleep in order to not uh, bring distress into my social circles and, and fulfill my social roles. Uh, in a high quality and just feel well. So that, that's kind of reflection on my side. I thank you for this and uh, I'll ask you to reflect on what we've gone through today and to say what, uh, what was valuable for you and what, uh, what other relevant things uh, we haven't mentioned uh, and what, could, what, what else could be done during the discussion to make it more efficient. Should I start? You may. Uh, okay. So what I found really fascinating is how incredibly rhythmical we are. Mm. And it's just not sleep. It's uh, just like our circa circadian rhythms. It's like just 
our meal timing is intertwined mm. with sleep, which which is really cool. Mm. Um, and like these cycles, like it makes sense to focus on a sleep, but we need to keep in mind that they're, they are intertwined and that mm. we need to take a sort of holistic approach, which is really hard because you know, with just the sleep, there's a large amount of data we are missing. Like, mm -hmm. I would take everything I today said with a grain of salt, because mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of more studies that w weren't mentioned, and some of the data might even contradict what we mentioned today. But mm -hmm. I feel like this is a great start for us to, like, we have to start somewhere, and sleep is a very interesting realm of research and sleep science should definitely deserves attention and I'll definitely be very careful whether I'm getting a good amount and quality of sleep and whether I'm not skipping my meals <laughs> yeah cool uh, yeah from my side it's uh, fascinating to get an insight how to improve your life uh, by improving your sleep and uh, how detrimental can it be uh, can your uh, sleep be on your overall health and your overall uh, daily life and uh, also uh, what is worth mentioning right now during uh, it's in mainstream usually people promote to not sleep and work hard so mm. usually they just uh, promote lack of sleep yeah. uh, as a as opposed to success or something like that which is a little bit stupid and uh, people don't uh, sometimes forget about regulating their sleep and just destroy their life mm -hmm. so it's really good to know some techniques early light early light exposure late night uh, reducing the mm -hmm. exposure eating not too close to your sleeping time and etc uh, in order to improve your sleep time and just improve your life yeah it's good to know yeah and thank you Tixan. and th that's a great uh, point of view because i know if, if you want uh, to achieve um achieve something big and you look up to those uh, people uh, who have and they're saying well i have uh, uh, I, I have a, like a 160 hour work week or something like this or 120 hour uh, work week or what, what they're mentioning okay uh, and uh, you get a or this uh, <laughs> I think we were, we were actually shown a video on one of the psychological subjects in, in the school where, where I got my bachelor's uh, <laughs> of Arnold Schwarzenegger um, saying like <laughs> if uh, sleep less do more <laughs> or something like that. I know this was some strange subject which was uh, but anyway uh, it's a great point that uh, if we want to succeed in life if we want to show our highest performance during the day we need uh, good uh, good quality sleep during the night and uh, just knowing that you, we gotta sleep enough is not always enough because what we do during the day also influences how we sleep 
so just sleeping even uh, like in one post that I posted before this uh, discussion I've asked the general question uh, is like shutting your eyes for a comfortable amount of time enough even if it might seem so and and I think what what we've gone through today uh, clearly states that well it might not be in many cases it it is not enough to just know that you have to sleep for a certain amount of time if you lower your quality of sleep by what you're doing during the day uh, and proper proper sleep regulation and contributing to your contributing to your sleep by adequate timing of basically all relevant and, and uh, cycle regulating domains during the day is essential eating uh, movement light exposure uh, waking up amount of amount of examples but <laughs> uh, but it, it's it's great to understand to, to see at least this so clearly while, while uh, as uh, as Daniel said and I completely agree that uh, the discussion should be taken with a grain of salt and and and, and there and that there is way more to understand uh, uh, about how those uh, how those systems work and how they, they work together but I think that in general uh, we have described that they do work together and they do rely on each other very precisely and specifically uh, and we should work with that so thank you thank you for today and uh, on this on this interesting moment I'm finishing the recording uh, and whatever we're going to discuss next is going to remain a secret forever <laughs>